Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. We're celebrating Mississippi, too, which is uh, the the show that we're going to have today. We'll get to our guest here in just a second. I wanted to to bring your attention to some really fun shows that we've had here on, on Coast View in the, in the past week. I, I want one that's notable is the conversation I had with Billy Rubel. I think you know one of the more popular characters in Balak. Excuse me, in Gulf Point, he'd kill me for saying from Biloxi. And Mac McDonald, uh, who is the executive director for the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, formed an organization called the Second Street uh, Social Club. And uh, they had a uh, they had a, a Mardi Gras parade coming up and. Uh, it's just a great story. If you missed it, you can go to the Facebook page or our YouTube channel or your favorite podcast and and pull it up. And uh, you'll be glad you did. I mean, it's just a great conversation about how two guys who didn't even know each other moved into a neighborhood, a very resilient neighborhood in Gulfport, Second Street, and uh, and sort of struck up a conversation. Matt brought his Barnum and Bailey capabilities to the conversation, and Billy Rubel brought his great relationships to the table. They formed this amazing partnership, and and they had this great organization now that has done some cool things for for Second Street. I had a wonderful conversation with Gerard Gibbert, who hosts Middays here on Super Talk. If you did, if you missed that, you ought to go. You ought to go take a look at it. It's um, it's interesting how along the way our paths cross. I was involved in some strategic efforts for the parent company for the Sun Herald and commuted to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Miami for a year and a half. To, excuse me, for two years and. It was a very interesting time. I, I flew weekly, uh, did about 650,000 frequent flyer miles during that period of time. And while I was in Philadelphia, Gerard actually was working on a project in Trenton, New Jersey. He would actually fly into Philadelphia. So it's possible we actually passed each other at some point. But the story of the growth of his company and then the ultimate sell of his company and then uh, how he landed in the seat at Supertalk. It's a really great story, and um, he brings some great skills to the table. His, what he knows about entrepreneurship and business, and he's smart as hell, and what he learns, how he learns about the issues. That was a, just a great conversation. So I really want to, uh, you know, kind of point your attention to that if you haven't seen that. So without any further ado, let's move over to my friend Michael Watson, the Secretary of State for the State of Mississippi, someone who, uh, a proud coastian that we uh, we're really thrilled to have him in a statewide position without any further ado how you doing my friend man i'm great uh, great to, to hear you and be with you and, and by the way i heard the gerard episode love his story uh, and it's one of the stories that we like to talk about here when our young folks go off just like gerard did it's it's okay to come back and start companies and grow and do good things here in mississippi so he's got a great story for all mississippians to really listen to Hey, it is it is a great story of entrepreneurship, and it's funny how ser- you know entrepreneurs all often will tell you about serendipitous moments that happened, and 
he, you know, he went into the consulting field and about the time the PC was launched and his career sort of followed the evolution of technology in America and, you know, building this big data center at Jackson State and uh, how, you know, the former Chief Justice uh, Reuben Anderson, you know, it's kind of was involved in that. His, his lawyer, his company lawyer was Delbert Hoseman. So, I mean, it's just right. it's so interesting. All these dots connect. But uh, but anyway, he's a smart guy. I know you've been on his show many times, and you know we're lucky to have him on the Super Talk Mississippi uh, team. And he and I share a lot of notes about you know where we came from and how we landed in this chair. The last, you know, this Michael, the last place in the world I expected to end up in retirement was sitting in a chair doing a radio show. For goodness <laughs> no sakes, joke. no joke. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Hey, listen, I I I, I really got a chuckle from a uh, a post that you did. I want to share it with the audience. And it, you know, first of all, you're a family guy. You you know you have a, a beautiful family. And one of the posts that you posted, I read it to my wife Anne, and I just laughed. How how old is your daughter who plays T-ball? How old is she? <laughs> She's four. By the way, I, I guess four. I guess four. But you, here it is. So first first uh, ball practice. Oh, there she is uh, for the for the YouTube and Facebook and Super Talk TV audience. You said after her first at bat and rounding the bases, she walks over and gets back in line. I go over and tell her she did a great she did great, and she says, "Dad, I only wanted to try this once. I don't have to do it again, do I? Uh, we're off to a great career." But in the out of the mouth of bays, buddy, isn't that sweet? That was great, and uh, I talked her into doing one more round around the, the bases and. She basically got tired. She said, Dad, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so sweet. The pictures yeah. that you posted were great. Hey, you got it. You got to, uh, you know, you and I have shared this before, and we'll, we'll actually on our little list of things to talk about, we'll talk about the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund here in just a little bit. But you had the opportunity to get out into the outdoor, do a little deer hunt, do a little duck hunting. Uh, man, we're lucky to live in the capital of the outdoors in, in America, aren't we? It is incredible. And, and Ricky, you, you probably saw some of the pictures just getting to deer hunt with my girls this year. The oldest two have taken to it. They love it, uh, get excited about it. And we actually had a little uh, six point walk out on one of our trips and I let both of them get them in the scope. But the, the six point in my mind obviously was too young and too little to shoot. And uh, so I asked them, so well, you want to shoot it? And one of them looked at me and said, dad, no, I want my first one to be a bigger one. And uh, <laughs> the guy we were hunting with got mad at us because I didn't let him shoot the deer. But uh, again, as conservationists, that's what we do. It was a young buck and next year going to be even bigger. So yeah. we had a great time with that conversation. I had a, we, we had a fun hunt. My, my grand, my daughter, Tori's, uh, my, my daughter, Tori's daughter was hunting with her father, Keith Williams Jr. And, um, and she's, she's eight. And uh, they were sitting in the stand, and a, a, a nice eight-point came out. And she's not shooting yet, but she was with her dad for her first hunt to be on. And and he harvested it, and she was excited, and she held the antlers, and it was a big deal. Well, they, they're, they're sending pictures back to Brody and me, who's four. He's hunting with me. And we had 12 deer out in front of us, four bucks and four does in front of us at one – excuse me, and eight does all at one time. And he's got his glasses up looking out the window. And I said, where are you ready to go see your, your sister's deer? And he said, no, sir. And he was looking real serious out of out his binoculars. And 
And he said, I said, let's go, let's go see Riley's deer. He said, no, sir. I want my own deer. I want my own deer. Shoot that doe. <laughs> I thought that was a, a great, but it was again, a great opportunity to say, man, we've got all the meat we need. We, you know, we're, we're big buck hunting now and it's just a good lesson. And he, he took it in and got it and we went over and celebrated and ha- had a fun time. But man, there's nothing more, more special than to spend time in the outdoors with your kids, is there? That's exactly right. And really the lessons uh, as conservationists that you can teach, but also just life lessons. Uh, just this weekend, uh, Corbeth and I, the, the t-ball player, were back in a, behind our, our house. There's a little creek back there. And just to see her get excited about, Dad, here are the birds. Look at the birds. And the squirrels. Look at the squirrels. And, you know, to talk about just outdoors and, and spending time with your family. Nothing better than that. There is not, and I have the opportunity on Super Talk Outdoors every Monday to celebrate that, and the people in the department and the people across the state are working in so many different ways to to improve our outdoor enjoyment. That's one of the reasons why I'm so absolutely thrilled about having the the Stewardship Trust Fund in place now. I know that so member so many members of your conservation task force, in fact, were just diligent in their lobbying for that. Uh, worked over a couple year period. I joined in with them in a big way, as you well know. Yeah. And now we've got this fund. I, I hope that we can get legislation through that enable uh, enable us to have a dedicated funding source now, so we don't have to wait for legislative appropriations. I think this is important, actually, Michael, because as we go forward, a lot of the planning that we would do and the, the federal matching cycles that we will do, it needs to know that there's going to be guaranteed money there next year and the next year. And having to wait for appropriations every year, even though we have commitments from the speaker and the lieutenant governor that we will, um, it's just a clumsy part of the process. I hope we can work through that. But aren't you excited about where we are? Oh, completely agree with you. And, and if you saw some of the, the initial projects uh, on the first applications, if you look at what would be the investment on the state side, as opposed to what you would be drawing down from the federal side, is exactly what we tried to convey to the legislature. This is an opportunity for generational change in Mississippi when it comes to conservation. And so our uh, outdoor stewardship trust fund guys are, are working hard. I'm proud of them, proud of the work they're doing. We've been to just about every meeting, I think, if not every meeting. Uh, so listening in on them, making sure that, look, we want to be a part of this. How do we help drive this uh, process moving forward? Our conservation task force is getting down to the nitty gritty on really starting our uh, overall plan for the entire state. So making a lot of progress there. And it's really fun to see the cohesiveness uh, around the idea itself moving forward and working with the legislators, working with the Stewardship Trust Fund Board. I'm really excited about it. And, And as you've mentioned many times before, this is so important for Mississippi moving forward. Well, Ricky Flint uh, from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, who's been on my show here, Coast View, and also Super Talk Outdoors many times, is going to be the new executive director. He's hitting the ground running. He's got tremendous experience from the department, many, many years at the department, understands how the dots connect. He'll he'll be terrific in that position. And um, you know, I'm excited about the board itself. I think, you know, there's a you know, we've got some we've got some close friends who we know very well who are on that board and people like Joe Cloyd from the coast has reported back to me that that they are they're on the case and uh, they've taken their job extraordinarily seriously because they've had to form the mechanism for this organization that led to the hiring of an executive director. And now they have to, you know, at the same time having these projects flow in that they may or may not fund. Uh, it's been a been a busy time for them as volunteers to be involved in an effort like that. So anyway, when we come back with, with Mike, hey, we'll, let's just make your point here in one second. Michael Watson, the Secretary of State, on the other side, I'll, we'll continue the conversation about the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund. We'll see you after this. 
Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have my friend Michael Watson, who's the Secretary of State for Mississippi. When we went to break, we were talking about the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund and this generational bill. But you were about to make a comment, but we were out of time. What were you going to say, Michael? Just so much credit to the guys that are on that board. When you think about what who makes the board up, you know who's composed of. Uh, Colin Maloney and, and Drew St. John and, and Van, and we talked about Joe before. These are business folks who are busy, who have things going on. Denny, uh, Terrell, they have things going on, but they're giving of their time to come and make sure that this thing is done and done correctly. Again, just the impact that this is going to have on our state. I just want to say thank you to them publicly for taking the time to do this and do it right. I agree. I actually refer to this sort of first board as the dream team because they're all um, – they didn't see joining this board as a promotion in life. They're just uh-huh. giving back to the community. They're very successful business people, and uh, and they're bringing a business mind to this. And they also love the outdoors. You know, they they love as you, as you wrote recently. You know, sound conservation practices benefit all Mississippians. And as we go forward, putting the kind of conservation projects in place, I mean, literally generational kinds of uh, things. Um, we're going to be where we need to go. I love the fact too that you're you're still keeping your eyes on the re- reality that we need a Mississippi conservation plan so that when projects are talked about, they can be seen within the context of some future vision. And you're still locked on that, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. And again, a great example with these first applications that are coming in. You know, I was talking to the the board and said, look. We want to maybe sit down with the director once he is selected, and, and now that Ricky is, we're going to do this, uh, with our conservation task force. And because we can't get that plan in place quickly enough for these first projects, let's just talk about our, our overall vision of where we need to start and how do we hit these things strategically where we're not just nickel and diamond here and there. We're actually got a, a plan that's going to change the face of this state when it comes to conservation, when it comes to outdoors for the rest of our lives. And so we're working on that plan. And again, the initial thing is let's, let's get some ideas for them. Which direction do we want to go as a state? And then as we get funding for the planning, we put that together, then it's as simple as, Hey, let's hit a first B second C and, and here we go. So it's going to be really good for the state to have that plan. It's interesting. What you just said, what you just said, I've said many times about the Coastal Restoration Fund, <laughs> the BP right. funds that do- doesn't have a committee like this that has the power to choose projects with ex officio members of the committee, but instead have to go back to the legislature every year. And what ends up happening is it's become a bit of a political football, and we end up doling out the money in sort of political subdivisions instead of really looking for the big projects. In fact, we've done a little bit better in that regard, but still – you know, we, we have a chance to get it right. We have a chance to, to take the spirit of what you just said should be the spirit of the, of the Stewardship Trust Fund and apply that same spirit to the Coastal Restoration Fund. Hopefully, we're learning from our experiences in all of these things. I, I know that there has to be improvement in all of this. Um, listen, uh, elections in Mississippi are important. You, you, have, you have to say grace over elections. Then, of course, you have all these people these incredible public service that put their name in the hat to into various elected um, uh, political races that happen all across the state. But the Secretary of State's got a big role in all that, doesn't it? 
we do, and, and Ricky, you may have seen it just yesterday. We finished our, our last week. Uh, I guess now it's actually Valentine's Day. So, by the way, happy Valentine's Day to Lauren, my wife, and my three beautiful girls. So, uh, just uh, last week, we wrapped up our 82-county tour, uh, meeting with our circuit clerks and our elections commissioners all across Mississippi. Uh, clearly, 82 counties, uh, there are 410 commissioners. And the idea was, look, elections take a team. And as Mississippians sometimes don't understand, uh, we're very decentralized here. And it's a bottom-up approach, so the really hard work happens at the, the county level. So your clerks and commissioners, and God bless the folks who work the polls when, on election days, those are the ones that really do the hard work. So making sure we've got a good team where we can bounce ideas off of each other, where we can communicate with open lines of communication. Uh, Kyle Kirkpatrick in our office does a phenomenal job with elections. So you know, getting those folks together and, and building a team is really what makes everything work but especially elections when you can talk to each other and have those hard conversations because you have relationships. And I think that's going to be really important moving forward. You know, at the end of the day, man, I think, you know, you go back to all the chatter about elections, et cetera, and credibility of elections and so on, whether we should nationalize elections, the decentralized approach that we take in America has really served us well, hasn't it? Look, when you think about uh, just the state as a whole, and different states do different things, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. The Laboratories of Freedom, or uh, 50 Laboratories of Freedom, is a great thing. But uh, here in Mississippi, I love our approach. Uh, and again, when you can build relationships with these clerks and these commissioners uh, who are on the ground every day, as an attorney, you want experts around you. You go find those experts. And when you build those relationships and you have issues like COVID, uh, Ricky, when, you, when that came, I was the first time that I was a statewide official, uh, much less the Secretary of State over elections with COVID in our face in a contentious election. You've got to have a team when things hop up and, and you face them. Hey, how do we approach this? So having those relationships has been really good. And uh, talking about our process as, as compared to other states, I love Mississippi's process. This decentralized nature, uh, again, having elected officials at the local level. Those are the ones that, that need Mississippi's need to understand. They answer to you as well. It's not just the Secretary of State's office. And that's one of the things that we've tried to do is educate us on the process here in our state. You need to know who's uh, in charge of voter roll maintenance. You need to know who's in charge of registering voters. You need to know who's in charge of the different pieces of the process. And as we educate Mississippians, they feel more comfortable to engage. And I think you're going to see that moving forward as we continue to do that. It's going to be good for our state. I think so, too. You know, and I have to one 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 more comment. You and I have talked about this before, but. When I walk in and sign into the book and have to show my driver's license or some proof of, of who I am, I don't really have a problem with it. And, 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 and I haven't seen anyone in the line ever who had a problem with it. It just seems like the thing you should do. I mean, if you use a credit card, you got to show an ID. Or if you go to the hospital, you got to show. I just don't understand why there's so much pushback on elections. Do you yeah. really understand it? I don't. It's outlandish. And when you look at Mississippi, uh, and I love to talk about the numbers because people talk about numbers and you and I talk about data. You know, 2020, we just talked about it just a little bit. Record number of turnout here in Mississippi in the face of COVID. And I get there was a contentious election, but still everybody was kind of scared to go vote. Yet we found a way to do it. Not only do it, do it safely. And then you saw the numbers, the turnout. And oh, by the way, when you think about voter ID, and, and I want people to understand when this thing passed and it was implemented, if you did not have an ID, we would provide you one. Not only would we provide you with one, we would give you a ride to the circuit clerk's office to get you an ID. Anybody who wants an ID to go vote, we're going to help you get one. And we've, uh, I think we're close to about 10,000 now that we've provided. So it's, um, it's how we do it. And it makes sense. It gives uh, the voters, you know, the opportunity to say, you know what, 
my confidence is returning when I know I have to show that ID. So I know who says they're voting is actually the person that is voting. Well, I was saying you got to use it when you use a credit card. <laughs> so, to me, the vote, the, the, the ballot is way more sacred <laughs> than, the, than the credit card, even though, you know, the, the ramification of the credit card can be bad. I mean, the reality is you got to use, you know, you have to prove who you are in just about every facet of your life. And it just seems that voting would be just sort of a natural extension of that. You know, was, uh, we'll start this part uh, of the conversation and we will certainly, you know, carry it over into the other part of uh of the of the conversation after we get back from break, but I, I saw where you you know you you and I talked about the eighty two county tour that you took across Mississippi. Uh, we've checked in along the way, but you finally completed it, and it, it was interesting because if I remember the post, it was you sadly you 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 finished it because. You know, it's a it's a drudgery to have to get in the car and go do all that. But when you get there and you engage with people, it reminds you that it's cool to be a statewide office holder and and have this opportunity to meet with people and listen to them. That's got to be super refreshing to, to have that opportunity. Incredible. And you say that the cool piece there, I think the coolest part was kind of the empowerment that you give the circuit clerks and the commissioners that they know you cared enough. And, and Rick, again, no slight to any previous secretary of state, but I was leaving one in Southwest Mississippi. And he said, uh, you'll be able to figure this out. But he said, I've been here for 36 years. You're the first secretary of state to ever cross that threshold. And it just meant so much to me to know that, that it meant so much to them that I would take the time to come visit with them and those relationships. And I told them this from the get go, we're going to have hard conversations. We're not always going to agree. But when you can start those conversations based on a relationship where someone knows that you care enough to come to their office, ask them how you can better serve them, those conversations just go a lot better with that relationship as opposed to you know coming out with zero relationships. So it's been so beneficial. And again, when you have those relationships, that's when you can actually move Mississippi forward uh, to have the hard conversations that we have to have. Here's an inter- interesting thing because there's a cultural piece to this, and I, I actually know it really well because, like, for example, if I gain responsibility for a newspaper or, let's say, I became publisher of a newspaper, newspapers tend to have, like, uh, offices that are that are regional, maybe even some in the state capital or whatever, and I would spend a lot of time going out to these offices and meeting the people and whatever – and what I found, though, is that in two cases in particular, and I'm not naming them because it doesn't matter anymore, but in two cases in particular, the publishers that came before me had maybe been in these offices once or maybe never. And suddenly I appear and they assume that something's wrong. And then if I come back again, they really assume something's wrong. I'd be interested to hear sort of what people's reaction to you was, you know, just showing up on the on the spot and, uh, you know, with, with there not being sort of a cultural expectation that that was the case. We'll see. We'll see more from uh, Michael Watson, Secretary of State, after this. for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.3. 
103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're talking with Michael Watson, the Secretary of State from Mississippi. And when we went to break, we were talking about this 82-county tour that he just completed. If you're on Twitter, you can go to his Twitter page and, and check out some of the pictures he's posted along the way. But you can tell people are happy to see you, Michael, when you're there and got a you know, big group of people, various roles in the in the various counties. I mentioned that when we went to break, though, when I went into a newspaper, and, and two in particular came to mind for me, where I would actually go out to the hinterland and, and meet with people in some of the disconnected offices. Some were like giving me an earful. Some were scared to death. They didn't know what, you because know, it's, it's not normal. Normal for in the, my, in the cases that I was in for the for the publisher to be out there on on more than one occasion. How did people react to you? I'm curious about that. Completely mixed bag, and uh, you know, from one of my I could talk about my favorites. One of my favorites was I think it was down in Wilkinson County, where uh, I don't even think we talked about elections. I don't think we talked about anything. They had a spread of food. They had the local grocery store owner, the, the mayor was in town, the, the sheriff, you know, uh, because nobody ever comes to Wilkinson County. And when they had the opportunity to have somebody there, just treated it almost like royalty. And so uh, great. Again, the, the relationship piece was just so important to me because they all, they all know, you know what? He cared enough to come down here to Wilkinson County to visit with us. Um, and, and, you know, you go from that to some home cooked breakfasts with uh, homemade jam and jelly. And, uh, you know, it was just phenomenal. Uh, some you would have really tense conversations with elections commissioners and they wanted you out of there as quickly as possible. Um, some would, would say, Hey, why don't you come over to the house for a glass of sweet tea? <laughs> you know, it was uh, just a, a great opportunity to see the best of Mississippi. It really was. I, I love the way you say that, you know, you know, I spent a lot of time in the Mississippi Delta. I, I love the Delta, but I love Mississippi. You know, I just love Mississippi, but I love the small town feel of Mississippi. I, I love being in those communities and seeing how much pride there is in those communities and and how much dedication there is in those communities to try to do the right thing. And um, I mean, that what's in the heart of Solo Mississippi is you get to see in an 82-county tour, don't you? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and just having the conversations of, look, you know, how, how did you get to be election commissioner? How did you come to be the circuit clerk? What's your background? What's your story? And just sharing uh, all of us, you know, combined have this uh, innate, uh, you know, desire for the best of Mississippi. We may tend to get there a little bit differently, uh, but having those background conversations and learning what what is this person about and, and where are they going? And how do we get there together uh, was really just a, a cool piece of that to sit down and listen. And I told all of them, this is a listening tour. I'm not coming to tell you how to do your job. I'm coming to ask, how are we doing and how do I do it better? And, and once you have that kind of approach to folks, they just open up. Uh, we yeah. have some folks say, hey, you know what? Uh, we had a terrible experience the other day with so-and-so in the office. And I loved it because they felt comfortable enough to say those things in an open and tough conversation. Because if we don't have those, then we can't get better. And uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun just to get the feedback from them across the state. Hey, I mean, one other thing on this point, and we'll, we'll shift gears, but um, you, you go in and you have those intense conversations Wonderful conversations, you know, the opportunity to visit and get to know people across 82 counties. That's no small undertaking, I might add, because I, I get what that looks like. Um, when you when you go back and sit in your office and you say, okay, what's the what's the cumulative learning of what I just experienced? I mean, what what's the one or two or three things at the top of your list about what you what you learned? Well, it really cements the idea, and I, I told them this coming into it. You know, as a legislator, I was one of 52 state senators. 
uh, no one individual can get anything off that floor without building a team, period. And so it kind of cemented the idea of, I don't know everything about elections, and I'll be the first one to admit that. But when I have conversations and relationships with circuit clerks and commissioners who see it day in and day out, and I know I can call them and ask questions, it's just good for Mississippi to, to have that, that connection between the state level and the local level. Um, again, learning that we're all the same. We all want what's best for our families, for our neighbors, for our communities, for the state. Uh, kind of cemented that. And uh, really just the elections process itself. You know, there was a, just a conversation uh, in Jackson County last week that uh, something I hadn't picked up on in statute that was brought up that made a lot of sense. So the, the learning of more of the elections process and how they see it as opposed to how the legislators and the state level sees it really eye opening and just reminded me again, I don't know everything. And so making sure that have that, that open and honest conversation and the ability to tell them, hey, it matters. You know, Ricky, when we got into COVID really quickly, there was a uh, position that I took that logistically just did not make sense for some of our smaller towns and smaller counties. Well, I had some some uh, circuit clerks call and said, hey, we want to come talk to you. And a couple of them that I had visited already, so they knew that I wanted to listen. And for about 45 minutes, they basically told me uh, I was an idiot. Um, you know, as, as diplomatically as they could, they were very kind. They didn't say I was an idiot. But the idea was that I took from that, you know what, that is not a good idea. I'm going to I'm going to backtrack on that. We're not going to do that. The thing that I love the most about it was they were comfortable enough to come to my office and say, hey, let's think about this a little bit differently. This isn't going to work. So when you have that relationship, when they trust you enough to come tell you you're wrong on this and you can listen to it and take constructive criticism, that's when it's good for the state. Whew, I love that though. That, I mean, that's the way you make progress happen. I, I, I really do. I often said about the people who surrounded me that I didn't want yes people. I wanted people who were going to challenge me and right. who were in some, some cases on certain subjects way smarter than I am. I, right. I wanted that. I, I want, and if I felt like I ever there was ever a moment when my strengths didn't outweigh my weaknesses. I was going to move on and do something else, but I was willing to put it out there and be vulnerable. You know, that, and, and being elected official, it's it's actually more rare than not to be willing to be vulnerable, to be willing to accept the feedback, to 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 listen to people. But man, when you do that, whether you're in public life or in a community or working for a company, you're going to have a stronger community. You're going to have a stronger company. You're going to have a stronger state when you listen Absolutely. to feedback. And when I came into office, when we were interviewing all the division heads, uh, whether or not to keep them or move on, one of the things I told them was, look, I don't want yes people. And if I find out that you are, I'll fire you. So I think that's important. You know, when you surround yourself with people who are, are smart, who care about doing their jobs and doing them correctly, and they see you maybe taking a position that might not be good for the state, might not be good for their division, and they feel the empowerment to come tell you, again, it just makes for a better a product at the end of the day uh, and make sure you know, Secretary of State's doing what we're supposed to be doing. Hey, listen, uh, you did a post recently about the uh, Secretary of State ambassadors. But, I mean, you're proud of that effort, and it's cool from from looking at the video that was posted that, well, first of all, I was surprised how many there were. And the, the ability to touch so many young people across this state, man, it gives you a feeling that you're not only making a contribution, but it gives you more confidence that young people that are coming up are really, you know, they intend to make a, a mark, don't they? Oh, absolutely. We had uh, 56 high school seniors in our program, in the bachelor program. And uh, three things really quickly. One, you know, how elections work in Mississippi. Two, how does the state government as a whole work in Mississippi? And three, how do we pour into them to let them know the opportunities that are here? 
Uh, we had our in-person, our second in-person meeting a couple of weeks ago. And uh, for instance, you know, the lunch speaker was Chevron and Chevron was telling them the six digit figure salaries that you can make right here in Mississippi and to see their eyes kind of open and, and not understand that you could actually do that right here at home. You know, that's, that's part of the really fun part for me. But when you have these conversations with these young, bright leaders and you understand how smart they are uh, and, and the, the hard conversations were the really fun part. That afternoon, I talked to them about race relationships in Mississippi. And when I asked the question, I heard one of them kind of gasp. <gasps> you no, know, uh, wow, he's actually asking that. It was one of the best conversations of the whole program. And seeing how they see Mississippi and how we can reshape, if we need to reshape moving forward, what are the things that we need to approach to make you want to come back even more? Those are good conversations. And again, 56 of the best and brightest, uh, and they were sharp. So uh, we're actually, applications just went out. So if you've got a an upcoming high school senior uh, that's a great leader and, and you want them to get in this program, man, I, I encourage you to get them to apply as quickly as possible. What was it? Yeah, again, I, I think that's a great question to ask. It's an important question to ask, given Mississippi's history and the work that we worked so hard to do to advance our uh, the case for race relations in, in the state, changing the state flag among them, for a matter of fact. But you look at the picture of uh, the young people that went through it, very diverse women and men, all seemingly incredibly proud to be there. Um, I mean, you cannot lose when you engage young people in the conversation, can you? No, not at all. And it's funny, like the, the ones that are in there are in different programs around the state, Trent Lott Leadership or whatever it was. And, you know, they'll be in Jackson. And for instance, uh, about three or four months ago, I was walking back to the office for lunch and there were six or seven of them that were in the ambassador program, but they were in Jackson for a different reason. I was just waving and yelling, hey, hey, good to see you again. And, you know, got to catch up with them. <laughs> But those relationships, again, it's about relationships. You know this. And I told every one of them, you spend time getting to know each other because you 56 are going to be leading the state at some point in time. And you'll remember, hey, remember when we were at the Secretary of State's ambassador program? We got to know each other. That's how you build the future. And letting them know there's opportunity here now and there will be in the future. And I'm going to help you get there. It's been really fun. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know in that group, the future governor, the future secretary of state. You know, it could be an entrepreneurial leader that innovates Mississippi to who knows what. You just never know where that seed being planted, how it's going to grow and how it's going to make a big difference. And I'm, I'm all for engaging children, young people in the, in the conversation. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, in the final second about about uh, efforts in Mississippi to uh, to do regulation for reform and frankly, uh, federal government would like to curtail our ability to do reform around around regulation. We'll talk about that. And I also wanted to mention my friends from Chapel Heart, the band that's on a, their own title uh, a tour as we speak. So one of my favorite shows I've done on Coach Fee in a long time. We'll continue our conversation with Michael Watson here in just a second. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. We're visiting with Michael Watson, the Secretary of State for Mississippi. Michael, I wanted to, you know, I mentioned Chapel Hard. You had the opportunity. I saw that you posted a picture of them, and they they've actually visited the legislature in the state on a number of occasions. And um, but you know what's interesting? I had the opportunity to spend a whole show with them. And what you see with them when you're with them is the way they really are. They are as authentic and pure and talented 
as everything you see when you're with them. And the show that I did with them has been incredibly well watched. I, I, I mean, obviously, shortly after we did the show, their America's Got Talent effort aired. America got introduced to them. But they're songwriters. They're incredibly talented. They're they're. Uh, melodies are some of the best I've ever heard. And three African-American women doing country music and ha- with no apologies from Poplarville and talk about the small town, you know, write songs about the small town and about, you know, about independent women. And gosh, I- I'm so impressed with them. You have to be too, don't you? Look, we mentioned earlier the best of Mississippi. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they encapsulate all of that. Uh, just, just good people. And as you, as you said, you get around them, you talk to them as authentic as they come. Uh, there's, you know, no just uh, preconception of what you would expect from them is, hey, look these superstars. And, but you walk up to them and they're just regular Mississippians uh, doing great things. And I told them, thank you for the light that you're shining on our state. And when you see somebody like that, that's authentic, that's talented, from Poplarville, Mississippi. It gives the idea to just the 56 high school seniors we were talking about. Anything is is within our reach. You've got star power like that. It's showing that light. It's letting other Mississippians know this is possible. We can actually do this. They may not know it, but what they're pouring into the state by their activity, by who they are, by how they respond to people walking up to them, it just gives our, our future uh, that much brighter of a, of a tent here. They they do they do a fine job and one last thing if people have not heard their music Chapel Heart H A R T Heart uh, Chapel as in go to church Chapel Heart um, go to Spotify and uh, and and create a channel for Chapel Heart they've written some incredible music when I when I I had only had the opportunity to listen to a few songs prior to having them on but I I had heard enough I have a musical background and I told them I said man. You guys keep this up. You're going to be major league hits, major oh, yeah. league. And now, of course, they're on their own. Uh, you know, they're they're the title band on their tour, and uh, I think it's only up from here. And they're and you know, I say this a lot about Mississippians like that, that they're ambassadors. You pointed that out. They're ambassadors for Mississippi, and they represent us, and they do so so well. And man, I'm I'm privileged to to know them. Um, hey, listen, uh, we don't have much time left, but but you are still focused on deregulation or regulation reform, another way to say it. But that's a big deal, isn't it? It's huge. And, and when I tell people about our Tackle the Tape initiative, and, and it's been written up in Forbes, uh, we got to talk to the White House about it, just a smashing success. And when I tell folks that, you know, look, I'm not anti-regulation, I'm anti-dumb regulation. So if there are things that are hurting small businesses, that are hurting our business climate here in Mississippi, we need to get rid of them. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I had one from Louisville, Mississippi, and a guy was opening a grocery store, and he had run into the USDA. And it was a very simple issue. Um, but the, the the tough part of getting actually through to somebody at USDA, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you really quickly, I, I called him, the director was out, and his um, assistant emailed me and said, hey, look, here, here's a phone number for somebody to call. Uh, after I told them what the issue was, there was no name. No email address. No, this is who you'll be talking to. No, nothing. Just a phone number. And and Ricky, I sat there and got really um, mad and thought, I'm the sitting Secretary of State, and I can't get some help on an issue for a, a Mississippian. Imagine the burden for a Mississippian trying to call somebody to get an answer. If I can't yeah. get an answer, there's no way they're getting a response. So I fired off. A, well, before I fired off an email, I erased about three of them. Uh, that was a little bit too hot. Uh, finally, sent one off that was kind of diplomatic. 
<clears throat> not a response, and it was a different phone number. That's it. So finally, I called our good friend, Senator Cindy Hyde Smith's office, and uh, got a, a correct contact. Within two days, it was done. Simple issue. But that's the, the whole idea and the whole emphasis that we put on, on regulatory reform. Mississippians need a champion to help them navigate the process or cut the regulations. And so we've been really excited to, to be that champion, to, to be, you know, when people hear about tackle the tape, to call the Secretary of State's office and know that you've got an advocate that's going to go to work for you. We work for every Mississippian across this state. And it's been really fun and rewarding to see business growth, uh, to see people just, man, I, I didn't know that this, this is easy to get somebody to actually work for me on my behalf to cut these regulations. It's been great. So, so Michael, what's, what's important as we kind of wind down, what's important, though, is that when people see the 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 title regulation reform within the within sort of the construct of a Republican state leader, they immediately think do away with all regulations, hurt the environment. All That's not what this is at all. No. Uh, I love the way you say anti-dumb regulation. And, <laughs> you know, when you look at it that way, you can get people, you know, in, on the federal level engaged in the conversation and really make some change happen, can't you? That's right. And, and it takes all of us. Uh, it's not just a statewide effort. Uh, as you saw, we, we just put out an op-ed on the regulatory burden at the federal level. So we've got a, we've got a head on a swivel. Look at every angle. Who can we pull in? Call it in, you know, Senator Cindy Hyde Smith's office. Uh, it's not yeah. just us, but when we can build that team, that's how you make things happen. Well, Michael Watson, Secretary of State for Mississippi, I really appreciate you visiting with me. As usual, it was a terrific conversation. I look forward to the next time already. Have a great, great day and stay in touch, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.